You are listening to the First and a Lot podcast. Here are your hosts, Joey and Don. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of First and a Lot. What's up, Joey? What's going on? You ready to chop it up? I'm ready to chop this heat up. It's hot as shit outside, man. You're telling me, damn. <laughs> Way too hot. The temperatures in the great state of Arizona have been in the triple digits for about a week. But that's nothing compared to the heat the Pac-12 is feeling right now. You like that? You like I cut that in there? <laughs> you the like I slice that up in there? You said triple digits for a week. It's more like three months straight of triple digits. But yeah. I feel so, yeah. The, this heat wave is uh, crazy. Like one, one um, what is that? 115 in Tucson? I was in Tucson the other day. It was 115 on my dashboard. Yeah, I know in Phoenix, all the cactuses are falling over because it's so damn hot. I was out there doing the yard with my buddy. Uh, he came over to help me uh, in my flower bed. And uh, I bought this yucca, this this yucca plant for the missus a year ago. It's been living lovely in my, in my kitchen windowsill, getting fed sunlight and water, right? And so, so I said, hey, I'm doing the yard. I'm going to be like, Mother, Mr. Green Thumb, I'll say, hey, hey, Mrs. How about I go plant your tree out there for you? Be all romantic and <laughs> shit. You know, the, the music is playing. I went out there and planted it. Joey, <laughs> that shit caught on fire, bro. That shit was dead the next day. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I, I put water on it. I I bought these uh these solar lights so it could glow on it at night so I could look out the bedroom window with the misery look at the full moon I'm like look baby girl I put that flower there for you girl that shit it is toasted yeah that's probably a good idea <laughs> it is yucca jerky right now <laughs> maybe I shouldn't put it up there uh, I shouldn't plant during the um, Excessive heat warning and the wildfire warning. So, uh, yeah, I learned my lesson. Uh, but but let's get into it. Pac-12 Media Day was last week, last Friday, and George Kliakoff, um, he went up there and said, "We have a deal." He pretty much said, "We have a deal. We aren't going to announce any. Yeah, we weren't going to announce any expansion. We're not going to announce any teams until we have our deal wrapped up," which is ass hat backwards to me what are your thoughts on that yeah so i feel like everyone's just waiting around hoping for the best right they're thinking some big time media money's gonna come in and he's pretty much telling everyone just trust me stay pat i got this right end of the day no one knows what's going on right it's just a lot of, oh, I got this. It's going to wrap up soon. It's going to wrap up soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long have we been hearing that for? I feel like it's been months of hearing that it's it's on the finish line, right? And still nothing's happening. And I think, I mean, as you know, Colorado's jumping ship. They're not going to jump ship unless they know there's something weird going on because it's not being announced. Deion Sanders' ascension 
is going to be the stuff of legend. He is with his eight toes doing the Dion step to the upper echelons of college football. I love Deion Sanders. Do you think he's dipping his eight toes in too much, though? Because when he took this job, I know we talked about it. We're like, you know what? He's going to do some good things for Colorado. Give mm-hmm. it, what, two, three years? He's out of there, right? I feel like he's getting too, too far in the weeds where he's going to feel stuck or everyone's he's going to ruin everything behind him. Deion is playing a different ball game. So let me go back to the Pac-12. So the problem with the Pac-12 started with Larry Scott. I'm going to blame Larry Scott forever, right? He took the money, took the bag, and ran. So maybe kudos to him, right? But the thing with college football is there's the old hat and a new hat. Too many folks try to hold on to the old ways and the old traditions, and that's what Kliakoff is trying to get everybody to do. Oh, the Pac-12 is stable. We'll have a TV deal. And everybody on the, on the East Coast, uh, they don't care, especially the SEC. They don't care. And and look at the Big 12 making moves, right? And then uh, Dion comes in, and you saw the documentary on uh, Prime Video. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't mince his words, so he's straight up. He's like, if you're not ascending as a college football coach, you are getting fired or descending. So Dion, he tells his players, hey, if I'm not ascending, I'm not doing my job. That's how college football works. And so if another school comes along, then that means Colorado is in a better spot. And and look, uh, Colorado doesn't have the money to pay him, but locking down this deal the earnings could be exponential, the earning potential, the, the viewership, the exposure. Um, they may make more like Dion might get underpaid because of, of, of how much money he can make them. And then if they start winning, but Dion, Dion played it. He played it nicely. It's going to be a. Yeah. So like, I know I know I want to talk about the Larry Scott and the Pac-12 big time, but I have to say this about Dion. Right. And I want to get your opinion on this. When he first went into Colorado, right, he said, hey, I'm bringing my bag with me. These guys are no joke, top-tier top players. They're going to transfer in here, and a lot of you guys are not going to be on this team going forward, right? He said it as it. He said, he said it like this. He said it like this. He walked up in there limping. Sometimes he limps, sometimes he's good, right? He walked up in there. He's like, look, baby, I'm Deion Sanders. I'm going to come up in here and yep. rock your world. And I got some hitters with me. I'm coming in here with Louis luggage. And you can leave. Go ahead and hit that, that transfer portal. Go on now. And and the some people fell right into it, right? Oh, the poor kids. Oh, he's so mean. Colorado had a historically awful football program for the last 20 years and went 1-11. And, 11. and yep. yeah. They need this. This turnaround is something of, of but, okay. like, that's movie stuff, right? Yeah, but the one thing I wanted to ask you, so when that happened, all these transfers came in, right? In Colorado, everyone wanted to come to Colorado and play for Coach Prime, right? And then they had their spring game. Yep. Everything went well. After the spring game, everyone was suck. all of a sudden transferring out of there. You remember he that? Said, he's, it was yep. like record amount. 
why stay around for that long if you already kind of know that you're not going to make that team, right? When you have a culture of mediocrity, and I watch the, the videos, I'm not associated with the program, but I play football, right? If you if you are trash, your program is trash, um, that means you have uh, – how many players are on a football roster in college now? But 80, right? Maybe 80 on scholarship, right? And – the, and he's saying, I can go out and transfer portal uh, two top-ranked cor- cornerbacks back-to-back years, come to my program. Uh, that's my Louie, and you can go. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that uh, Rich Rod should have done. But these coaches are afraid, or they don't they're, – they're so stuck in their ways, or their scheme, or their system – that they they don't want to say what needs to be said. They don't want to recruit. They don't want to go into the homes. They just want to sit back and get paid. Look at Kevin Sumlin getting. Okay, can I can I tell you like yeah. an issue that the Pac-12 had for a while, and it was they were bringing in big name coaches like Rich Rod, like Sumlin, right? That were one time big deals. Right, they they were in charge Retread. of big time retreads. Yeah, like they were in charge of big time programs that did well, and then all of a sudden they kind of fell off. When they fell off is when the Pac twelve schools come and scoop them up, instead of as you're saying getting them on their way up, they were getting them on those mm-hmm. rebounds, and that's been the issue until the last two years, right? Um, unfortunately, the two schools that are kind of fixing that are the schools that are leaving, right? So, like, for example, as I said, Sumlin, Rich Rod, even Chip Kelly, right, with UCLA. I mean, he kind of failed in the NFL, then comes limping back into college, right? The two schools that didn't do that, USC, right, when they got Lincoln Riley, everyone's like, how the hell did that happen? Right, he just led Oklahoma to three or four years of just awesome football, Heisman winners, right? Fun to watch. And they scooped them up, and no one expected that. And then the other thing is is Coach Prime in Colorado. I mean, he was on his way up with Jackson State, and they're scooping in these, these coaches that are on their way up instead of finding those rebounds. And I think that's going a long way, and you see a lot of traction in both of those programs right now. You have to care about football. If you care about football, you'll get the results you want. That's 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 how I see it. You look at um um like Cal and you know Stanford and at some point in time they they had it but you know they fell off. It, it's you gotta you gotta stay hot. Speaking of hot, <laughs> it's hot outside, baby. Let me tell you. Um, but 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 seriously. Um, it's interesting to see where he'll go from here. I think it's only going to get better for him in the next uh, two years. Now, let me ask you this. What is our Neon Dion prediction? Where will he be in the next two or three years? And then I'm going to tell you my Dion Sanders story. I think his ultimate goal is to get to Florida State, right? Damn, you stole mine. I, I mean, like it's... 
it's so obvious that that's where his dream job is, is going to be that Florida State job. How yeah. long is it going to take him? Honestly, I would say, well, Colorado won one game last year, right? Is that they won one eleven, correct? If he can turn, if he could turn this program into a six seven win team this year, and then next year accelerate that to a nine maybe ten win team, Florida State's going to be calling his name real quick. Dion is getting head coaches to come be his assistants. Imagine him at Florida State with all those resources. I know the boosters are salivating right now and waiting for that moment to write that check. I was they're gonna write that check. I was surprised that he actually ended up in Colorado, right? I honestly thought he could have even gotten a better job now. That's how well the job he did at Jackson State, where like I honestly thought Auburn or one of those big SEC schools were going to scoop him up right away. Well, this is where Rich Rod, I'm going to compare Rich Rod to Dion real quick. We were, we, Greg Byrne w- would have given Rich Rod the keys to the city. Yep. Colorado gave Dion the keys to the whole damn state. They made him an icon. Uh, well, he's already an icon. They made him the ambassador of everything. He's at basketball games. He's at girls' basketball games. He's he's on social media. Uh, they made him the, the 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 ambassador of the the whole show. Everything. It, it, Colorado is the, like Colorado is synonymous with Dion. It's, it's crazy right now. It's crazy. And you think about Cordell Stewart, um, Bryant Westbrook, um, man, but. It, it's crazy the phenomenon behind it. Okay, but my prediction: two years, and this and he didn't go to the SEC because SEC you got to win yesterday, right? Colorado, it's it's Dion City, right? And then now he can go anywhere. So two years, and he, I, I think he's out. They're gonna see how much money he's bringing in, win or lose. I think second year, if he's not winning, it kind of is starting to. But Florida State's going to come in with that that checkbook. I don't, I don't even know what the current coach situation is, but I guarantee you, they're going to try to get that coach out and get Dion. I mean, who wouldn't want him if if he makes Colorado mm-hmm. successful? Who wouldn't want Coach Prime to take over that that next spot? Right. I mean, this would be the second time that he's done it with schools that were struggling. Not big name schools either. I think it would be time for him to take over a major program. Let me tell you my Dion story. So when the the Rockies um, initially started, they played uh, at Mile High Stadium. And uh, we we used to travel to Colorado. We used to just get in the in the van and just road trip as a family. And so we got tickets. My dad took uh, me and my sister. Uh, my sisters to uh, the Rockies game versus the Atlanta Braves. We're sitting in Mile High. It was hot in in Colorado. Dion comes to the plate. This stadium is packed, and we're in we're in the nosebleeds. Nosebleeds. Dion gets to the uh, the uh, to his bat, and then it skips, hits the center wall. Homeboy runs up. Grabs it, 
throws it to second base. Dude turns around. Dion's at home. I, I saw Dion hit a in the park home run at mile high. And that's the fastest I've ever seen anybody move in life. That's insane. You know, to this day, in a recent interview, he said baseball is extremely more difficult than football was. With the way he moves, I bet. But he was, you know, a true two-way player. Really good at both sports. He was the only one to play in the Super Bowl and the World Series, right? But I think so, yeah. Well, yeah, so, you know, I'm excited to see what Colorado does. Um, I don't think they're going to be, you know, vying for a league championship this year. But I think they're going to be well-improved, well-coached. I think his son is a really good quarterback. I think he's kind of underrated. So it'll be really interesting to see how he does with against better competition. Um, I, If he plays as well as he has the last couple of years, he could very well be an NFL player, if not a star. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses in a tougher league, right? So it's going to be exciting. I think Colorado is really exciting to watch right now, and I think they should be really excited of what they have. We'll see. Shadur is ranked higher than some Power 5 quarterbacks without even pl- stepping on the field on a game in, in a game, which is shouts out to them. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, really quickly. Moving along. Really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I have to kind of go back to what you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, we, you know how we give out the bummy of the week, right? This all started with <laughs> the number one bum in life, in sports forever and ever. His name is Larry Scott, right? I mean, he's gotta be the biggest bum of all time. He was commissioner of the Pac-12 for a long time and he... Screwed everything up for the Pac-12. I know it looks like it's all getting messed up right now, but this goes all the way back to when he was in charge and he made one of the biggest blunders I've ever seen where right now the Pac-12 could have been Texas and Oklahoma in the Pac-12. But instead, he got too greedy and we had to settle for Colorado and Utah, right? Remember that? If he didn't do that, the whole Pac-12 would be a whole other ball game. We would be everyone would want to come from the Big 12 into the Pac-12, not the other way around. So, I think Larry Scott should be the one to blame, yep. even though he's not because everything's happening now. Everything all of this started the domino effect when he was in charge. Larry Scott is a first ballot bum of shame. First ballot bum of shame. Okay. Um, how can you, how, how can I, as a, a consumer of football Agreed. content, a football fan, be sitting on game day trying to figure out how to watch my, my fucking football team? It's, it's, it, it was annoying growing up as a kid when it was on network TV and you want to watch Barry Sanders, but they always play the damn Dallas Cowboys, or you want to watch a certain uh, college game and it's always USC or Notre Dame. I get it, right? Money, money, money is money, right? 
uh, they they locked in deals. They won football games. But we live in a different world, and there are people that want to consume their favorite team. And for them to let that simple concept fail them by 20 years is is just ridiculous. How can how can you be sitting in 2020, 2020, 2019, 2018, go back to 2014? How could you be sitting there not knowing how you're going to watch yeah, your team? Then, like, That's crazy to I'm me. I'm sorry, but the Pac-12 network? Oh, it gets a bum. It gets a bum award by it's itself. It's horrible. It's horrible, and that's his doing. He's the one that created that. And uh, if you look at the SEC network, if you look at the ACC network, right, they're all tied with ESPN. They do all the broadcasting and all that. He wanted the Pac-12 to be on its own fully, and what a mess it's been. They brought on Ryan Leaf. They they started out with Curtis Conway and ended up with Ryan Leaf and Kevin O'Neill. Come on, man. You you have the Pac-12. Why isn't Rezzy Bush uh, uh, hosting your, your content, right? I know they turned his, their back on him, giving back his damn Heisman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, Matt Leinert's on, uh, yeah, Fox. on Fox. So is Reggie Bush. They both are. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All I mean, this. You got Hollywood. Now Hollywood is in the Big Ten. Oh, my gosh. This is. This is crazy. Uh, you have all you 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 have all the power. Uh, so I was watching the Longhorn Network. So that Longhorn Network is the reason, supposedly the reason why Larry Scott said no for Texas and Oklahoma to come to the Pac-12. Even though we should have been taking their lead because they made their whole network on their own, but he got too greedy. And now look at it. I mean, like let's be honest: is the Pac-12 dead? I mean, it's it's got one foot in the ground, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. pretty damn close. People are are posting their own creations of the new logo, the Pac Nine. <laughs> um, hopefully, it's going to be the Pac Eight, right? The Elite Eight. <laughs> oh man, um, this yeah. The the Pac twelve is done. They're, they're, and somebody said they're trying to uh, trade up. Like, you know how when um when you like get a better car or you get a better girlfriend or you get a better job, and oh you you trade it up. You <laughs> uh, they're trying to say that they're trying to tease that they're going to get better teams that everybody knows are non-existent. Unless you're trying to say that San Diego State has a better track record the last couple of years, better than Colorado. Which they might, right? Which makes... Which, which they might. On the recruiting end, no. I mean, I think Colorado just got one of the top basketball recruits for this year coming up here. So on the recruitment side, no. On the success on the court and on the field, probably yes. Wouldn't you agree? I agree to a certain extent. And it comes back to Dion. The the Pack uh 10 is definitely more appealing with uh Colorado and Dion than replacing them with San Diego State. Now now they we basically have nothing. We have nothing. The the Pack 12 is n- nothing. And I'm telling you 
if there's not a crazy TV deal coming through by some miracle, Oregon, Washington, they're going to try to get to the Big Ten as quick as they can. I also think Stanford might go independent or Stanford might, as weird as it sounds, they might try to go into the Ivy League, right? Oh, they would dominate. And what does that leave? Right? So what does that leave? Washington State, Oregon State, they ain't going to get shit. So they're not going to get no major uh, conference to go to. So they're out of luck. Utah, I would say no, but they've had success on the football field the last few years. They might have a chance. I think Arizona State's on the way down. That leaves Arizona. I think Arizona would get a shot just based off of their basketball, their softball, their baseball, their golf, their swimming. Track and field has been solid, and the football is trying to improve, right? Yeah, I'm very wary of all the the hype. It's like overhype. People are posting with Colorado leaving. Arizona is the number the next next in line. It, I, I, just, I don't, I, I, I don't, don't either. It. And this is gonna sound radical. I don't think the Big Twelve is all that good. I know TCU just went to the national championship. I know on the flip side for mm-hmm. um, basketball, you have Kansas, who's a perennial. Every single year, blue blood that can make the championship game, right? With that said, I still do not view the Big 12 as all that great. And as radical as this sounds, right now the Pac-12 looks horrible. And then the other other conference that's not looking so hot is the ECC. The, the, The matchup money is what they're looking at. The Arizona versus Houston in the same week as Arizona versus Kansas, that that's what they are banking on. So when, when, when you put it in a basketball sense, that's where it makes more sense to me is thank goodness for our basketball team. Thank you, Lou Olson. Um, that's where, and then this team we're going to have next year or this year, um, we got Kashad Johnson from San Diego state. I think that's more appealing than, than just talking about our football team. And I think the first thing I think about is, oh, sh- like, oh, man, our football team is kind of a uh, – is kind of a uh, – I don't know. But look at the it, – and it, it's just going to be a uh, an influx of money. And I'm like – I'm thinking, what is President Robbins and Hickey uh, – what are they waiting on? What the hell are y'all waiting on? It's, Let's look at. Can we look at bigger? I, I want to look at the bigger picture right now. Okay, so if we talk about basketball, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the Big Twelve, obviously Kansas, really good, right? Houston's been good as of late. Agreed. I hate Houston. And I hate TCU. TCU's been up and down. I I wouldn't say they're they're not probably even top fifteen basketball program. Um, Texas Tech, same thing, just up and down a lot. They lost their coach, you know. So it's really what? It's Houston and Kansas, right? Those are the – and, you know, I guess you could put Baylor in there. Baylor won a championship a couple years ago, right? Now let's look at the ACC. 
You got North Carolina. You have Duke. I mean, Syracuse has been a little bit not so great as of late, but you still have you have Miami, right? They've been up. I personally would like to see. I think there's better matchups mm-hmm. yeah. for basketball and football partnering with the ACC. Instead of having the Pacific and Atlantic, why not just be the all-coastal, coast-to-coast conference, right? Somebody put a graphic that the Big 12 would, would, would um, if we took Oregon, Washington, and the Arizona schools, it would be truly the Big 12 states. The ACC idea is out there for me because it feels too far away. I don't, I, I don't feel connected to that. I don't feel connected to that conference. But I think they need each other, right? Because right now the Big 12 is looking like, hey, we don't need help from anyone. We got this, right? And they started do, they lost their two biggest programs and they added four mediocre programs, right? Mm-hmm. And that's happening. What, what, uh-huh. So what do we say? But before we move on, what do we say? Is the Pac-12 dead or is it going to get revived? What do you the think? The Pac-12 is dead. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I agree. You nah, know, it's it's dead. I hope our uh, I hope our listeners also. Yeah, I want to hear from our listeners as well. See what they think because it's it's sounding like it's dead to me. So it's gonna take a miracle to save this conference, and it sounds like we're gonna be down to the power four, right? And I don't give a a damn that is dead because the Pac twelve, Pac ten. Didn't give two F's about our school. Uh, so it is what it is, right? It should be on the tombstone of uh, Larry Scott, the-, the killer of the Pac-12. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyways, it changed gears. I have to bring this up. You know, we're saying it's hot outside, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of it is there's someone out there in this nation who's on fire. And this person's name is Shohei Otani. I know, you know, for our listeners out there, Don's not the biggest baseball oh. fan. <laughs> of course, I love baseball. But even you heard what Otani did on that diamond yesterday, which was absolutely insane. Doubleheader, first game, complete game, one hit, and then goes out, what, 30 minutes later? A whole nother nine-inning game and hits two home runs? I mean, how ridiculous is that? So let me ask you something. Is his production that of two players or three players? You know, I'm gonna say two, right? And and the reason why I say two is because right now how the Angels are using him, he's <laughs> an absolute menace on the mound, dominating. As I said, just through a one hit complete game. His ERA is top five in the whole league just as a pitcher alone. And then on the other side, he's a designated hitter, right? So he just has to go out there and hit. If they really needed, do you think Otani can go out there and play left field or right field? I'm sure he could. I mean, there's probably nothing this guy can do. He could probably put on the pads and play catcher. I wouldn't be surprised, right? But because they don't even need him in the field, they just need his bat in his arm. I would say his production is two and one. Both those two are like top in the league, which is insane. The reason why I asked that because the amount of 
statistic he leads in, wouldn't that normally be two or three of your best players? Absolutely. I mean, this this guy, Don, I'm gonna I'm calling it now. Okay. I know it's early in his career. I think he's on year four, right? But what he's accomplishing last year into this year and especially this year, this is the greatest player I've ever seen. And I say that just because of how dominant he is. Right? It's not like it's not like he's a player who can pitch in the big leagues and, you know, pretty decent hitter. No, he's top five pitcher in the whole damn league. Probably top two, top three hitters in the whole damn league. Leading the league in home runs. Top five in ERA. I mean, he's dominant, absolutely dominant in both positions. There's always a movie about – it's always a movie about a baseball player – that is is the greatest at he, he'll throw a hundred mile fastball he'll hit it out of the park I don't know how many movies are like that but they always have this one flaw what is his I would say I mean I don't even know if he can cause a flaw but his first year in the league he needed Tommy John surgery, right? So Tommy John used to I need be that surgery. the death of a pitcher. <laughs> I need that surgery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that. if you needed Tommy John, everyone thought your career was pretty much over. And they got so well at doing this surgery now that these guys are coming back from Tommy John even stronger than they were before. Oh, shit. <laughs> so if I had to pick a weakness, I would say... I don't know if I trust his elbow. You know, that's just a fair thing just because of what happens previously. But besides that, this man does not have a weakness. And the other thing, too, is like, I know we've had this conversation. We have this conversation all the time, right? Like LeBron and Jordan, right? This conversation happens all the time. And then we have like, what, Tom Brady and Mahomes, right? Or... Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, right? We have these conversations. In baseball, it's always been America's pastime, right? So people in the league now would never get the same. Like Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, they're top of the game right now. But they would never be held in the same breath as a Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle, right? Because we always viewed baseball as America's pastime. And we always looked at those old timers as the best of all time. Until Shohei Otani showed up, and now everyone is starting to be a believer and say this man is the greatest player to ever play. While he's a current player, it's unbelievable. And uh, you know he's a free agent after this year. And what's everyone, his contract going to be? What What are they saying? His his I new mean, like, contract. Honestly, will be? I wouldn't be surprised if it's <laughs> six hundred million and up. Enough for two players, which is will blow out. Any contract in the history of sports. And I think this man could easily get that. So we'll see. I mean, I think every single team should just give him a blank check and let him pick wherever he wants to play. I think that's what's going to happen because the money this man brings, just, so you know, advertisements, people going to the games to see what he's going to do next, you know? It's just insane. Well, uh... There's a couple more weeks left of summer. It's still going to be hot. You know, it, it's crazy because it, it's monsoon season. 
and it'll rain and still be 100 degrees outside and be 94 degrees at 8 o'clock at night. So the, the heat will continue. We will continue to shine. Uh, anything else you want to share before we cut this episode? Um, I just want to say I'm super excited for NFL. I think our next episode, we're going to be diving into that a little bit. Yeah, we're going to get real, real heavy into the football news here soon. And then we're going to have a special NFL preview show. Uh, and then we're going to incorporate uh, fantasy. What do you have to... So j- just go ahead and just dr- drop that that title that you got on, on fantasy football real quick, Joey. Yeah, so I've been... Uh, I'm not going to say lucky because I put a lot of time and effort into it. Probably too much time, but, you know, I do win the fantasy league more than 50% of the time. Um, I have a pretty good foolproof way to how to draft. So I'll give you some pointers on how to do the drafting and how to get success so you can be the next league champion in your own leagues. Joey's being modest right now because he's a he's a damn shark. He, he should be a GM in some league, CFL. <laughs> In the Canadian Football League or something. Some shit. <laughs> the XFL. I'll give you XFL. No, but, but seriously, this dude's a shark. Uh, I I the one league, one fantasy league with Joey, once, one time. That was it. <laughs> he he fleeced me of all my players. I still remember it. Uh, what was the dude Eckler? <laughs> I had him. Joey's like, let me let me hold that. Let me hold that. And I was like, nah, man. And I knew. It was going to be the death of me. You know, you just got to strike when it's hot and act like you don't know what you're talking about. Hilarious. So people are saying that there's no news for the next week. And people are like, what the hell does that mean? Because it seems like this opportunity could dry up real quick. The The Big 12 has their pick of the litter. And schools like Oregon, the, I think Oregon is sitting pretty because they have a a place at the table at the big 10 or the big 12, in my opinion, the ones that could be uh, Cinderella, you know, leaving with the slipper off the U of a, but what are your predictions for the next week? I feel like we'll finally find out what this secret pac 12 deal TV deal is. Um, I think that secret cannot be held on any longer because the dominoes are already falling, and the Pac-12 cannot afford to hold those cards any longer. So we better get an answer on that TV deal, and then from that TV deal, we'll see where everything even falls. I, I'm thinking, I hate to say this, but I'm thinking the Pac-12 yeah, is dead. I hear that. And so, okay, so it's dead. Joey's heading out to Vegas, so we got a, we got a couple things. So we got, I got my, I got my Mega Millions, so I got my Powerball. Joey's heading to Vegas. What, what What's going on? What's popping in Vegas to get you to fly out there this week? Um, you know, it's a business trip. Got to hit those tables pretty hard, make some money, come back happy, man. And hopefully not having to eat Robin for the next month. So <laughs> pretty confident it's going to be good and have some fun and hopefully see out of trouble. Ooh, and, and don't forget, we're going to have a lot of tips. So if you are that budding uh gambler we're gonna have a disclaimer but we're also going to show you how to have a good time 
at these places when you go on these trips, the lifestyle, where to go, Absolutely. where to eat, where to stay, where you're going to be treated like a VIP. Joe has got the insight on that. Uh, um, okay. Any last thoughts? Um, you know, I hope Pac-12 is not dead, even though we think it's dead, and let's hope for the best, right? Yeah, I, I just care about the money. I just care that the only thing I really care about is that we're just not left out. Oh, it could be Big Ten, Big Twelve, Big Shug, Big Big <laughs> Shug Night. I don't, I don't give a damn. I just do not want to be left out on the damn CW, <laughs> right? Trying to find out where where, where exactly, the game is. Exactly. Exactly. This has been another episode of First and a Lot. Thanks for listening, and we out. Deuces. Bye, bye, back twelve. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs>